I know things ended really poorly for the Cavs this postseason, but as we get ready for the NBA draft tonight, I just got to say, man, like, yes, that playoff series was a disaster. It was it was terrible. They got bullied by the Knicks, who weren't that good of a team to begin with. I was obviously puffing out my chest before the series started. It was a bad look for me. It all ended very, very poorly. I was, I was most shocked by the way that that series ended. But I'm so glad that I don't have to spend all night tonight with you talking about Cleveland trying to land their next superstar player since LeBron James and trying to dig themselves out of the NBA wasteland of losing, being like a 20-win team year after year because the LeBron left and there's just pieces and parts and paper clips and rubber bands trying to hold the team together and there's just nothing. It's just a wasteland and abyss. Objectively, we can all be disappointed in how the season ended and we can all understand that there are adjustments that need to be made to this roster. Maybe starting with tonight, if the Cavs potentially make a move up into the back into the first round and have their eyes on a player or... If they find a way to maybe trade that pick as some sort of package, maybe move Jared Allen tonight. All this is at our disposal. It all could unfold in the next five hours together here on 92 Through the Fan, and I'm looking forward to talking about those things if they happen with you. But whatever transpires tonight, I just want to lay it down right now and make it clear. Like, I am so glad that we're having those conversations What's, what, what should they do with Jared Allen? Will the core four be together for their potential title runs in the future? Uh, what should the Cavs trade back into the, the first round? Should Donovan Mitchell be here long term? How does this team get over the top? Was the Donovan Mitchell trade worth it? Those are the conversations I'm glad that we're having rather than conversations about draft pick number one, who's going to be there when the Cavs pick at two or three or four, and if that's really the franchise-changing player that they need, those conversations are behind us, and I'm very, very thankful that that is the case tonight. Spencer German in for JP. As I said, I'm here till midnight and very much looking forward to watching this draft unfold with you together and seeing, again, if the Cavs have anything up their sleeves, if Kobe Altman has anything up his sleeve tonight. I'm thrilled that these are the conversations you get to have. It's about building a championship roster and what tweaks need to be made to do so rather than is this player that the Cavs draft tonight going to change the franchise and finally make it so we have playoff games in Cleveland again. We're past that. We saw that this year. As bad as it was, we saw it this year. Thank God. Seriously. Thank God. Now, With that out of the way, it is important to understand that we know this is not a perfect roster and there are some decisions that are going to have to be made in terms of tweaks, whether it's to the depth of this team, whether it's to the starters on this team. As much as we want to talk about and flush out what the future holds for Donovan Mitchell, and I understand why we are having those conversations, and they're very valid conversations to have. I I have no problem discussing that with you guys. But as much as we want to do that, I don't think that's happening tonight. I think all indications are Donovan Mitchell is here next season. He's going to be a part of this franchise. Now, Jared Allen's future is very much a different story. 
We don't know what the future holds for him. We don't know if he's going to be here long term. And I guess of the names that have been floated out there of this core four that you're going to break up, he's been number one. I think Donovan Mitchell's been number two. I think a lot of that comes from just fans being mad that he's wearing Mets jerseys and talking about New York on podcasts every other week. And it frustrates people. And so they're just trying to rip off the Band-Aid and say, fine, leave. But listen, I have a lot of respect for Donovan Mitchell. I am under the impression that he's going to be here next year and that we're not having a conversation about him getting traded potentially tonight. Or this offseason, for that matter, either. Jared Allen may be a real possibility, even though Kobe Altman gave us the company line of, well, no wholesale changes, which is actually opposite of what the company line usually is in sports, which generally comes to, well, we're going to leave no stones unturned and we're going to exhaust every option that we have at our disposal, right? Here's the thing with Jared Allen, though. I understand why he feels like the most movable piece. I understand why it feels like the obvious decision to try to part ways with him and package him in some sort of deal to net some sort of, whether it's draft capital or role players or that wing player that the Cavs are coveting. I don't think it's going to be as easy as just moving Jared Allen to pull some of these things off, but I understand why that's part of this conversation as we enter draft night here tonight. The thing is, though, I'm not just trading Jared Allen just to trade Jared Allen because, as I let off at the top of the show, the playoffs went so poorly, and he was bullied, frankly, by an opponent that we thought was inferior to our team. I think a lot of people, similar to how they're just mad at Donovan Mitchell for all the New York references that seem to pop up around him on a weekly basis, I think the same can be said about Jared Allen and that I think people are just mad at Jared Allen because he got showed up in the playoffs and admitted publicly which was a, just a bad look for him, that the lights were too bright in Madison Square Garden and they just flat out weren't ready for it. I'm right there with you that it was a bad look. I'm right there with you that he played poorly in at least games three through five. One and two, I thought he played respectably. Game two, I thought he was superb. He was the Jared Allen that we all have come to love and, and, and appreciate on the court. The other games, not so much. But I'm not just going to trade Jarrett Allen because I think that he got showed up in the playoffs and he, whatever, doesn't fit with this team anymore. Like, I'm not just going out and trading him for some random player that doesn't actually address a need that the Cavs have. Bill Simmons... Threw out on a pod, on his podcast last week, Jarrett Allen for Lou Dort. Because, yeah, a career 33% three-point shooter is what the Cavs really need on their roster. That's that's what I... If you're going to trade Jarrett Allen, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I've been right there with you in the trade the Jarrett Allen camp. I have certainly no problem in having that be a conversation and having us work through what that looks like to make the team better. But you got to give me some like realistic options here. Lou Dort is a name that's going to get tossed around. There's going to be some others. But you got 
that reference. You got fans throwing out hypothetical trade targets, and some of them are just flat-out horrible, and it just feels like people are just trying to trade Jared Allen just to trade Jared Allen. I'm not here for that. I don't think Kobe Altman's here for that. If he's going to go against the grain of what I guess he said at his end-of-the-year press conference of, well, no wholesale changes, it's got to be that he's blown away with the offer that's coming in and that he feels he's going to get a piece or an addition that obviously makes the team that much better and addresses needs that they have, particularly if it's that wing spot that we all continue to talk ad nauseum about finding somebody who can hit threes, space the floor a little bit better, and whether or not he and and Evan Mobley can kind of function together as two big frontcourt players. Didn't work in the playoffs last year. They got exposed. I'm all for making adjustments, but they have to be the right adjustments. As much as I agree that this core four isn't going to be sticking it out together if they're really going to be winning championships here in the, in the next couple of years, I also understand that you got to get value on the trades that you're trying to make here. Lou Dort is not it for me. Jeremy Grant, now you're piquing my interest. Royce O'Neal, you had it's uh it's the uh the it's the gift from Django Unchained. You had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. This is Kobe Altman's job. I don't think he's just going to be flippant about trading a guy like Jared Allen if it's something that they're considering. We've heard some of the names that they've already been linked to. Tobias Harris is one that popped up. I don't even know if Tobias Harris is the guy that I I want for the Cavs at this point. I'm I'm open to making these tweaks again. And Jared Allen is where I start when I'm talking about tradable assets that you have at your disposal if you're trying to keep the mo- the majority of this core four together. But it's got to make sense, guys. Don't just be throwing out against the, the the wall random trades because the salaries match up and it's a wing player that has played in the league for quite some time. Like, no, I need a wing player if we're doing a wing player trade that's actually going to make a difference and be that floor spacer that you need, be a, a shot creator, be a three-point shooter, all of it. I don't need Lou Dort, sorry. Not for me. 216-474-0092. Do you have any expectations for the Cavaliers both tonight in the draft, but then also, what are your expectations for the Cavs this offseason? The draft kind of... I know that the real opening of free agency is early July because that's when you get all this player movement. You get the big decisions like Kevin Durant, I think, announced his decision on, like, what, Independence Day? A couple days after Independence Day, however many years ago when he went to the Warriors. And you get all these big these big player uh, for signings and, and all the big names are changing hands and all these different things. But this kind of signals the start of it because you got teams making trades, trading picks, We've already seen a whole bunch of moves this week. Bradley Beal, obviously getting sent to the Suns. You got Chris Porzingis, who the Cavs are linked to, going to Boston. So there's a lot of excitement tonight. And in that vein, I want to know where your guys' heads are at in terms of expectations for the Cavs this offseason. Starting tonight in the draft. 216-474-0092. We continue the conversation on the other side as we get to your calls, your tweets, and much, much more. It's Spencer German in for JP tonight. Keep it locked on 92 Through the Fan. 
Welcome back in. Spencer German with you here on The Fan. Till midnight, filling in for JP. I don't know if he's at his brother-in-law's bachelor party officially tonight or if he's just, like, set aside Thursday to, like, get himself ready for for the trip. But wherever he is, I hope he has a great time. Bachelor parties are always a good time. So indulge, have some fun, come back Tuesday, ready to go. Also, we, uh, we're testing out these this new microphone setup at the station. It, 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 threw, it, it caught me off guard. I, it, I, didn't, I, I shouldn't say that because that makes it sound like I didn't read the email. I saw the email from the Pooba about these new microphones, so I knew that it was a thing. I just, when I came in here, I wasn't exactly how what I was expecting. I, I'm sitting here, and I feel like I'm being interviewed on Johnny Carson. It's like one of those stands that's just right in front of you on the desk. And that's that's what it feels like right now. It's different. I, I Personally, I like the hanging mics. I don't know, though, like, based on the email, are they getting rid of the hanging mics? Is that, like, the plan here? Or are they just testing different microphones? I need to go back and reread it. That was the thing I was uh, confused on, I guess. But we'll see. I like the hanging better, personally. 216-474-0092. We're getting you ready for the NBA draft. It gets rolling at 8. A little over, or a little under, I should say, 40 minutes from now. We don't know what the night holds for the Cavs. It could be a long one if they end up staying put and draft with their only pick of the night that they have right now, which is the 49th pick overall. I can promise you we will be keeping an eye on any updates. I'm sure hot and heavy will be getting the uh, the tweets and the reports from Adrian Wojnarowski, Sham Sharanya, all of the, the big insiders. I'm sure we'll have updates on moves that are being made, teams that are moving up. So if it happens, we'll be sure to let you know and, uh, Stay in tune on anything that's at the Cavs' disposal tonight. Any possibilities, any trades, any players that they end up with by the time this show ends. Could be a long way away. We'll see. But at the very least, we'll have our eye on it. And in the meantime, as we talk Cavs, I'm curious what your expectations are for this team this offseason. Because, again, I'm right there in wanting to see this team improved in a way that is going to help them win a championship. I mean, you look around, you see a Miami Heat team that got there with a lot of, what was the narrative the entire postseason, right? Oh, they got these undrafted players. All these undrafted guys are performing at the highest level in the postseason. Maybe part of that's coaching, but also it's part of the culture, and these guys are rising to the occasion. You need players like that. The Eastern Conference, to me, is not as big of a gauntlet as the West is, so I'm not saying that the Cavs are like extremely far away from a finals run. I think they're in the conversation. Some things need to change. You needed some growth in terms of guys playing on that stage finally, and they got that a little bit this year with just the five games. I know we all wanted more and expected more. So no, I don't think that they're massively far away, and I still think that they're a good team if they stay as is. But you also got to look out west and see some of the teams that you're going to be chasing. Like, how are you if you were to in a hypothetical situation, play the Denver Nuggets. How do you guard? And how do you play against that Nuggets team? It's a great inside-out game because you have Jokic and Murray. Jokic is just a Swiss Army knife that we've never seen before. I mean, these are the things that you're looking at. It's a copycat league. 
How do you get to that level where you can actually compete for a championship? That's the biggest question all GMs should be asking themselves. That's the question that we're asking about this Cavs team after they made this all-in trade for Donovan Mitchell last fall. You're, you're, we're going to hold your feet to the fire here a little bit. We want to see you go out and do something and be aggressive. That doesn't necessarily mean it has to be tonight. If they stay at 49 and they draft Amoni Bates, fine. I can live with that. He's been a name highly linked to the Cavaliers to this point throughout the draft process. I can live with that. Granted, I don't know if this team can afford a project at this juncture. I think that more realistically, you want ready to to plug and play type players that can be in a role for you immediately. Granted, it's going to take time to earn JB Bickerstaff's trust. We know that. But I would assume that that's the reason why we've heard all week that the Cavaliers are curious and monitoring the potential to trade back up into the 20s, the 20-somethings in terms of trying to make a pick. I know Chris Fedor was on with the guys earlier. He talked about it. I know in his latest article that he wrote for Cleveland.com, he threw out teams like Brooklyn, Portland, Indiana, Charlotte, and Utah, who are all drafting. Charlotte obviously has the early pick, but they have a later one as well, all drafting in those 20s, where maybe that's an area where the Cavs could land a player that comes off the bench for them and actually contributes. I am more inclined to say I'd rather see them, if we're talking specifically about tonight, I want to see them try their damnedest to get back up into the 20s and and pick a player that maybe could contribute quicker. Because, again, I I like the idea of Amoni Bates. He's a project. But like I said at the top of the show, we're not at a place right now where we're getting excited about ping pong balls and draft picks and saying, can this guy be the future? Can this guy be part of the future? Where does this guy fit? Like, no... We're in a point with this Cavs team where we need players that can come out and provide something for this team, contribute in some way that isn't just cheering, being a cheerleader off the bench. We need actual talent that can get in the mix on the court. So I'd be more inclined to like a trade up if they can make it happen, if they can swing it, and see what you can get and a maybe more NBA-ready player in that part of the draft. 216-474-0092. What are your expectations for the Cavs tonight? Are you maybe wanting to see them shop Jared Allen tonight and maybe land some other big-name player outside of just the the NBA draft prospects? Or are you maybe going to be a little more patient with it and see how things play out in the weeks ahead, but you are curious to see what they do tonight? What are your expectations tonight, but also for the Cavs this offseason? Let's go to the phones uh, we get first to Joe. What's going on, Joe? Okay. How much of a moron is Kobe? He traded all those picks, and all he had to do was get rid of Colin Sexton, keep marketing. He didn't need Mitchell to get rid of all that stuff. I mean, you know why? Because you signed Garland to a max extension, and Mobley's going to be next. You had him third pick. Jared Allen was, like, not a center. Okay, he's getting beat up under there, and Mobley is going to be the power forward. And how about you pick a three-point shooter in the draft purposely that was a senior? Everybody else is like in those top 14 picks are freshmen, you know, sophomores, and a bodgy. And by the end of the year, 
He's hitting six of eight three-pointers, playing, starting for them. You know, I mean, it's just like, why did you do all this? And you could have used – it's not about having all these first-round picks, but it's about using them for trade bait when all of a sudden you're right there, and guess what? You can grab somebody like a Damian Lillard or, you know, like Miami's trying or somebody like that because we were right there. We were there in our first round. Okay, we're new. We had no bench. We knew him, uh, Chetty and all those guys in the Coro. He ain't no starter, and it's – I'm telling you, Kobe and Gansey, it's amazing to watch Gansey in a double overtime against Chris Paul. And this kid doesn't recognize talent to be his backup. These guys are stooges. Look at all these picks Utah have. They're rolling. We ain't got no shot. They took, why did you give up the fourth first round pick in Abaji? You're a moron, Kobe, for not keeping mm. that one. All right, Joe. Appreciate the call, man. Some harsh words for Kobe Altman from Joe. Th- listen, I. I'm never going to fault Kobe, and I've said this a million times. I'm not going to fault them for trying to make the trade. Like, in today's NBA, you need star players. Uh, in Cleveland especially, it's rare you get a player Donovan Mitchell's caliber signing here or even coming here. So I, I can't blame them for trying to go all in. You know what I was thinking, though, during that entire conversation that Joe just kind of laid out for us? Yeah, they gave up a lot for Donovan Mitchell. Wouldn't it be nice if they had a first-round pick this year? Like, I'm not saying Karis LeVert, the Karis LeVert trade tonight is sitting worse with me than the Donovan Mitchell trade. Because you gave up a first-round pick for that guy. And what did you get? During the regular season, pretty inconsistent. Wasn't necessarily, uh, there, there was games where he was lighting it up, and there was games where... He was just a a net negative on the stat sheet, and you didn't even know he was really there. Um, And that's kind of his game. He's a very streaky player, but you gave up a first-round pick for that. And now you have have to decide whether or not you're going to give him the the extension, which I'm assuming the Cavs will because they're not just going to let him walk for nothing. And maybe you get some some good play out of him early in the season. You can flip him later. But I would rather the Cavs had a first-round pick Tonight, like that, this is where, where it feels like they're so strapped. They have one first-round pick in 2024. All the other ones are pretty much like swaps or part of the, the Donovan Mitchell trade that they have up through like 2029, right? They, they gave up all these picks in, this, in, this, in that deal. We know that. But if they at least had one tonight, you'd feel decent about the, the, the potential to either use that pick as trade bait with a player like, it, it, like, we're having a different conversation about a Jared Allen trade. If you have your first-round pick this year to pair with him, then maybe, now maybe you're talking about getting a wing that can have some sort of impact for this team. But when you're only talking about Jared Allen and a bunch of second-round picks, it's like, uh, what are you going to get for that? It, it's hard to picture. So, like, I just wish they had a pick at least tonight. Because then maybe there is the chance that you trade back even earlier in the first round or and use that pick in something else. Or maybe there's the possibility that you pair that pick with a player and you get uh, something in return in terms of a, a, a key player that can make an impact for you. I'm almost dreading that trade right now more. And that's understanding that he was one of the better players in that playoff series as well. Karis LeVert played better in the playoffs than most of the, the other guys did in that starting five. So I, I I can respect that. I can say that I still want 
to keep Karis LeVert for all the things I just laid out. Like, you're not just going to let him walk for nothing, and maybe he becomes a good trade chip for you later. But I'm dreading that tonight specifically more than I am the Donovan Mitchell trade. Let's go to PP and Pepper Pike. What's up, PP? Hey, Spencer. Um, you know, I'm a little bit concerned about the Cavs. Not as bad as the other caller, you know, Joe. But, um, yeah. you know, think about it. The Cavs made that big trade for Donovan Mitchell back on September 1st. Now we're almost into July 1st. That's almost a year. And the Cavs have not made any moves since that trade. You know, we've seen at the trade deadline. Other the than Knicks, uh, waving Kevin yeah, Love and signing Danny right. Green. That's it. Those were both bad mistakes. And so I'm starting to think Kobe Altman's gun shy or, you know, he just doesn't want to make a mistake. Or maybe there's not that much pressure on him from Dan Gilbert. But I'm starting to see a trend here where he's not doing much. And, you know, the, all the teams around us are doing a lot. The Celtics are getting better. You know, the Lakers made all kinds of moves. You know, Denver made moves. You know, all these teams in the top seven or eight are making moves and getting better. You know, it's interesting you bring that up, BP, because for a while, I think Kobe maybe was afraid to pull the trigger on a move like he did for Donovan Mitchell because, I mean, we know the history of Cavs GMs, right? Like, they weren't getting second contracts. So you wonder if he was a little bit hesitant before because he didn't want to make a move that then, like, didn't work out, right? And then if you notice, he gets the contract extension last year, first GM under Dan Gilbert to get a second contract, and then all of a sudden it's, let's go make this massive trade for Donovan Mitchell. So And now it feels like the heat, the pressure's on maybe again where he's like, well, now that I made this deal, I have to kind of see it through. So I, you might be onto something there in terms of like him being worried about this not working out, and now he has to make... Now that he has less resources at his disposal, every decision that he makes is going to be like looked at in a microscope and even and, and could impact the team in a worse way. So, yeah, you wonder how he's going to handle this now and, and navigate the situation they're in. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, I don't even need them to, you know, trade assets to get into the first round because, what, you know, what's that 25th pick if they got it tonight? Is that really going to help us win a playoff series? You know, probably not. I'm almost now looking towards what's he going to do in the trade market or in the free agency market, you know, because that's, that's really what the Cavs need is a, a veteran starting small forward or some kind of a wing player or a shooter. And then they also, they still need to find a big man to take the place of Kevin Love. Yeah. So in my opinion, they still got about two or three holes on this team Agreed. if they want to compete. Agreed, so BP. I'm, hey, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, man. I got to let you go because we're up against it for a break. But I always appreciate your insights. You can always call back in anytime to talk Cavaliers. I know it's your favorite thing to talk about. So uh, good stuff from BP. I, he brings up the interesting point with Kobe Altman, and he laid out some of his expectations for tonight. Do you want to see the Cavs get back up into the first round, or are you kind of on standby until free agency in the offseason really opens up? 216-474-0092. Also on Twitter, at Spence C2 underscore Spencer German with you here on the Phantom Midnight. 92.3 The Fan wants to send you to see Shania Twain at Blossom on June 30th. That's next Friday, June 30th. Tune in weekdays at 7.20 a.m., 10.20 a.m., and 4.20 p.m. for a winning word to be announced. Then text that word to 20357 by the end of the hour to get registered to win. Text and data rates may apply. Get rules at 92.3thefan.com. If you win... Say hi to my wife. She's going to that concert next week. She'll be there. I actually think I saw on the way out the door, she had her. I I just, my, it's funny, like sometimes, I don't want to generalize here, but it's funny like how women's minds work sometimes versus men's minds. Because 
I just wake up like day of a concert. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I guess got to figure out what I'm going to wear. But when I was leaving the house today, I saw my wife had already laid out like what her outfit. She had she had some shirt that she got. I think it had like a Shania Twain lyric on. I think it was like the man I feel like a woman or whatever. And she had it all laid out on the bed, ready to go. She had picked out what she's wearing next week. Women are just there's there's they're 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 always a step ahead, you know? Always. I've learned that, especially in marriage. I'm very like last minute with things, and my wife's always uh, many steps ahead on what she wants wants to do, which is why sometimes I get myself caught up because I'm like, hey, I'll just do this on this day without really communicating it to her. And then she's like, oh, no, we already had this figured out. You were supposed to ask me about it. Yeah, you'll learn real quick. 216-474-0092. We're talking... Cavs, getting you ready for the draft. It, it kicks off in about 20 minutes. I am looking forward to talking with Evan Damrell of the Locked on Cavs podcast a little bit later in the show because we're, we're waiting to see if the Cavs do anything in the way of trading up. So at some point towards the end of the first round, maybe after the first round, we will connect with him, get his thoughts on draft night, get his thoughts on where the Cavs kind of go from here. We had a really good call from BP and Pepper Pike. I feel like BP and Pepper Pike is almost our resident Cavs reporter sometimes because he always calls in with Cavs takes and he always has some good things to say, in my opinion. And he brought up, you know, Kobe being afraid to maybe make a move. He backed it by saying Donovan Mitchell trade was really the last move he, he made. He came out at the trade deadline and fed us that BS line about how there was nothing that we saw at the deadline that would have made us immensely better. Um, meanwhile, Josh Hart gets traded to the Knicks and becomes an impactful piece that beats you in the playoffs. I understand maybe they didn't have the assets to swing a deal for him, but still, like to 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 just act like we're idiots and say that there was nothing that was going to make you better as you let Kevin Love walk out the door and then his team goes to the finals was absurd to me. Absurd. And now he's faced with limited assets. Not a lot of levers to pull other than a mid-level exception and a core four guys who you might have to start thinking about breaking up if you want to accumulate the the missing pieces around you. And I think the pressure is on this offseason for him. There's no doubt about it. Maybe not so much tonight, but definitely in this offseason ahead in terms of the moves that they make and how he structures this roster moving forward. This is where the good GMs are tested. It's easy to get yourself in this position where you make a big trade and you bring in a star player and you finally get your... Maybe it's not easy because it's been hard to get the Cavs out of the depths of hell that they've been in after LeBron's left twice uh, where they just weren't a good team and they were winning 20 games a year. But it's one thing to do that. It's another thing to keep your team relevant after doing that. And continue to build when you don't have a lot of assets at your disposal. Big offseason for Kobe Altman, which, as I said, does start tonight with what they do with the draft. And that doesn't mean, like I said, if they leave the draft and they do stay at 49, and they, like I said, maybe they get a Moni Bates. That's been the name that they've been linked to, maybe most notably at 49, I think, right? If that's how they, if that's how this thing falls tonight. Fine, I can live with that. I'm not going to be mad that they didn't trade up. 
But I want to see that this organization has some life. I want to see that Kobe Altman has something still up his sleeve that he can swing to try to get players that can actually contribute in a meaningful way to this team on this roster. I would love it if they trade up to the first round, back in the first round. That would be, I guess, my hope for tonight. But again, if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to be mad because we still have the offseason to sort of do some things. Now, where I'll be mad and upset is if nothing gets done in the coming weeks ahead and they really just do what he said they were going to do, which was no wholesale changes, and they just use the mid-level exception to get some wing player or whatever. That would be very disappointing, yes. So no, a move doesn't have to come tonight, but I, it would be a sign of some life. I'd appreciate it. I'd like it. Let's go to the phones. Tom, you're up next in the fan. What's up, Tom? Hey, Spencer. How you doing? Good, how are you? I'm all right. You know, the Cavs, in my opinion... They really backed themselves into a corner, yeah. and especially Kobe. You know, I, I feel like Kobe's kind of hitched his, his career to JB in a way because, because now, you know, if you go out in the first round again, I think you're both gone uh, mm. now. And uh, I just I think a lot of our issues are coaching-related. Um, you know, I just find it hard to believe that, you know, Spolstra can get like a Caleb Martin and a – and a Gabe Vincent and uh, Thibodeau can get, you know, a Josh Hart uh, to play so well in the playoffs. But Jetty Osmond, Lamar, Dean Wade, those guys were unplayable yeah. against the Knicks. And I just, you know, JB basically cut Kevin Love because he fell out of his rotation. He didn't think he was worth anything. And he was supposed to replace him with Dean Wade, who, who, was, who was a zero, basically. He was unplayable yeah. against the Knicks. So, I'm really nervous about that. You know, what I personally think I hope they do is, you know, trade Allen. Because another thing is watching these NBA playoffs the last couple years, you know, these centers, these big guys with with no outside game, they just don't seem to do very well in the postseason. Um, So I think I would try to try to trade Allen and a couple twos and see see if you can get some three-point shooting in return. Um, Because I think that's what the team really needs. But going to be hard for them to improve yeah tom no doubt about it. appreciate the call man good stuff i think that is kind of the move everyone is hoping for something that has jared allen at the center maybe a package of second round picks whatever it might be like that's the lever most people outside the organization are trying to pull now it's not always that easy as going on and using the nba trade machine to figure out how the money lines up and if you can swing this deal or that deal but i, I do think that's the move that everyone's probably most notably paying attention to being something they can do I'm right there with you. Now, where I disagree, I don't think Kobe's job is on the line. I almost said JB. If they if they are out in the first round next year, here's why. I think it's kind of similar to the Browns right now with with uh, Andrew Barry, where you built this team, you added a superstar player by all accounts. Like I think he gets a chance to maybe see this through. If we're talking about maybe you got to kind of face the music with Donovan Mitchell's future next year, next offseason, maybe it's a chance for you to say, all right, what do you get back in return for him after when you end up trading him? And then how does that help the team moving forward? And he gets a chance to at least maybe pull that deal off and see how they emerge on the other side. I think Kobe is going to be okay unless this team just absolutely falls out of the playoffs next year. Now, JB, different story. We know his job is absolutely on the line. And there's there's just no questioning that whatsoever. Uh, real quick, we'll try to squeeze in Frank real quick for the break. Frank, what's going on, my man? 
I don't know, man. Like, I, I agree with the last guy. Like, Kobe believes in Bickerstaff too much. And, I mean, come on. Look look at Kevin Love. I mean, really, Spolster has been around a long time. Why would he pick up somebody like Kevin Love at the, you know, such a dying man at the end of his career? But I pick him up out of all the choices he had and put him on a roster and to start him. I mean, that's pretty obvious right there. That's why Kobe is pretty clueless right there. And, yeah. and it's a shame that uh, Gilbert had all that stuff going on and he picked this guy to lead him, you know, because he's yeah. not in the right mind right to do all these other choices because there's some great GMs in the league. That guy in Utah and these other places, dude, they're like, they're no match for us. It's a shame because we've got some really nice – we had a really good starting thing. If he would have just picked somebody else but a Coral, like what a, mm. and traded him last year with Sexton instead of this whole fiasco he's put us in, and now we got to scramble and try to go. Okay, well we got the and you know what? Why didn't go for Rushi Achimura four second round picks? But you have a first round pick available next year, and you could have gave him a couple players. Like why didn't you do that? Six eight. Like that, they would have fit yeah. right in for us right now for a few. Well, and I will say, Frank, there is there's the stipulations with the trading first round picks and back to back years. So they are they were prohibited prohibited after trading the pick this year for Karis LeVert. So that sort of restricts what you're able to do in terms of trading picks. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, he's going to have to answer for JB Bickerstaff if JB Bickerstaff flops again this year and the team doesn't achieve the next go to that next level. If you want to, we'll come back with this. Because there's some interesting stuff with Kobe too on how he's maybe of how how his there's been an evolution with the way that we view him in recent years. Also, Gavin Williams made the start last night. There's no reason to send him back to AAA. We'll do that in this next hour as well. Marcus, we'll get to you and others on the phones and on Twitter. Keep it locked. Spencer German here with you on the fan till midnight.